so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. Welcome to Weekly Tech, a technology and ethics podcast focused on navigating this digital age with wisdom. Weekly Tech is brought to you by the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, and I'm your host, Jason Thacker. As a reminder, you can sign up to receive our Weekly Tech email briefings each Monday morning at jasonthacker.com weeklytech. For today's lead story, we talk about how the pornography industry is preying upon the vulnerable in the midst of COVID-19. This is a story that you haven't heard a lot about in the midst of COVID, and there's a lot of reasons why. There's a lot of shame, there's a lot of fear, but there's also a lot of power within the pornography industry. Amidst a lot of the cultural upheaval of COVID-19 and what has turned out to be one of the most eventful years in modern history, one of the most dehumanizing and predatory perversions of technology has been spreading like wildfire in our communities, and often on a small glowing screen used under the veil of darkness and isolation. While it might be easy to shrug off the insidious nature of pornography in our communities and our homes, the rise of predatory marketing plans and expanded pornography use really shouldn't go unnoticed. The human dignity implications of these trends are just too massive for Christians to ignore. As coronavirus lockdowns began in the month of March around the world, a leading pornography company called Pornhub provided free access or subscriber privileges to all users in Italy to help them cope with the lockdown. The company soon expanded this to other nations around Europe, including France and Spain. As a result, Pornhub reported that their daily usage shot up by 38 to 61 percent throughout all of these European countries. And according to a June report by the company, quote, worldwide traffic to Pornhub continues to be much higher than it was before the coronavirus pandemic spread worldwide. The truth is, is that people are not just watching more porn due to social isolation, but they're also searching for more virus-related pornography. According to the same report by Pornhub, more than 18.5 million searches contain the word corona, 1.5 million containing covid 11.8 million containing quarantine, and more than 1,250 coronavirus-themed videos have been uploaded to the platform, with a total viewership of over 1 million. And the truth is, is that the pornography industry is really well-suited for a worldwide pandemic. The industry is largely online, and consumers are often voluntarily self-isolating. The pandemic has exacerbated a deep and disturbing trend in our communities and homes, but it hasn't really created a new problem per se. Often in our secularizing culture, especially amidst the sexual revolution, you often get a question from those outside of Christian circles about what's really wrong with pornography. And at the heart of pornography use is an open rejection of God's good design for our sexuality. The core problem is this. There's a worldview or a morality that seeks to isolate our sexuality from our whole person. 
And this deep division of body and mind from our flesh and our desires, it contributes to this growing trend of the normalization of pornography and the perverting of human sexuality. The idea that the real you is the deepest desires and emotions which is cut off from the embodied nature of humanity. There's a really helpful book if you want to dig into this concept a little bit more by Nancy Piercy in her new book, Love Thy Body, where she says sexual intercourse, the most intimate of the bodily experiences, has been disconnected from personal relations. This bifurcation of humanity leads to countless perversions and abuses of our fellow image bearers. This use of pornography allows for a sexual high outside of a relational context where we're free to pursue bodily pleasure in any way that we can find or whatever suits us the best in that moment. Because ultimately, the primary goal of pornography is sexual pleasure or gratification rather than a deep and intimate connection with another image bearer as a whole person. The pornography industry has always targeted the vulnerable and the weak, and there's no exception during this COVID-19 pandemic. The dehumanizing effects of pornography have affected both sides of the people on the screen. The viewers who are engaging in pornography use are separating themselves from the goodness of sexual intercourse in its proper context. But on the other side of the screen, there's a victim who's often portrayed and treated as nothing but a simple object of desire, not a person, not a whole person. And speaking of the person on the other side of the screen, these are often victims who see sexual acts as the only way for them to provide for themselves or to obtain some level of happiness, fulfillment, or freedom. During the pandemic, some are even turning to pornography websites like Is My Girl in order to earn extra income. According to a March press release, the company opened up a lucrative opportunity for furloughed or out-of-work McDonald's employees. The press release said, quote, in an effort to help McDonald's employees and to make sure that they can continue to provide for themselves and their family, we want to help to provide them a legitimate option. Now, this legitimate option is nothing less than selling their bodies in order to make ends meet during these extraordinary times. As the culture around us continues to buy into the lie of the sexual revolution, the church has a call to proclaim the goodness of the created order and redemption found in Jesus Christ. The Christian mandate is really twofold. It's to speak out against these predatory practices of the entire pornography industry and to speak about this redemption that's found in Jesus. For some of us, this is going to be addressing and seeking help for our own pornography addiction, saying no to this sin and saying yes to the goodness and the freedom found in Jesus. And for others, this is going to be speaking out about the dehumanizing atrocities and effects of pornography and expose the lies and the predation of the pornography industry. If you want to read more about this story, you can check out the link in the show notes or visit jasonthacker.com slash podcast for a link to the full article that I wrote for ERLC. Up next is the rundown where we have four to five different technology stories that you should be aware of as you prepare for the week ahead. First up is a story from The Verge about the continued battle over TikTok and how TikTok is suing the Trump administration over the proposed U.S. ban. TikTok has announced that it's going to be suing the Trump administration after the president's executive order banning all transactions with the viral app's Chinese parent company, ByteDance, if the app is not sold to a domestic corporation such as Microsoft or Oracle. TikTok claims that the executive order violates due process and does not provide ample evidence for national security risk. 
It also asserts that developers have sufficiently cooperated with the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, which monitors these foreign transactions such as ByteDance's acquisition of TikTok. As we've routinely discussed here on the podcast, Christians must be aware of the ethical implications of using certain technologies such as TikTok. As we continue to see the human rights violations in China come to light, we should be all the more alert in using technology that could be tied back to the Chinese Communist Party. For more information about TikTok and this pressing issue, you can check out our past episode titled What's the Problem with China and TikTok at jasonthacker.com podcast. You can also take a look at some of the work that my colleagues here at the ERLC have done regarding the issue, including an explainer called Five Concepts You Should Know About Human Rights Abuses in China. Next up is a story from the BBC about how Facebook is blocking Thai access to a group that's critical of the monarchy. After Thailand's government threatened to pursue legal action against Facebook, the social media giant blocked access to a group with over a million members that discussed the nation's monarchy. This comes amidst nationwide protest against the Thai government. The group's administrator said that the page, quote, provides a platform for serious discussion about the monarchy, and it allows Thais to express their views freely about the monarchy. This moderator, who's currently based out of Japan, immediately created a new page which gained over 400,000 members overnight. In Thailand, criticisms hurled at the royal family have the potential to result in jail time of up to 15 years. While Facebook acknowledges that these laws contravene human rights, representatives also said that the company must abide by the nation's laws. The ability to hold leaders accountable is crucial in a free and virtuous society. In an era that is so heavily dependent on these online platforms for communication, Christians must be aware of laws that intentionally censor internet speech, especially that criticizing government behavior, as contradicting the biblical principle of human dignity and freedom for all. Next up is a story from the BBC about how New Zealand's stock exchange was halted by a cyber attack. For two days in a row, the New Zealand stock exchange was thrown offline by a foreign cyber attack that used distributed denial-of-service attacks to cause all trades to be halted. These type of attacks disrupt the network systems by overwhelming their servers with online traffic causing them to falter or to crash. And aside from these disruptions last week, it doesn't appear that any financial information was compromised, though, and the market was still able to close last week at an all-time high. The New Zealand exchange issued a statement that pointed to the attack coming from an offshore network provider, which impacted New Zealand connectivity directly. As more and more aspects of our lives are moved online, cybersecurity becomes increasingly important. We should be wise and careful about how we use these technologies and keep in mind the potential risks that are involved. Because the reality is, is that cybersecurity isn't just about economic viability or national security. It's ultimately about human beings, flesh and blood, just like ourselves. And we should be able to see these things through the light of human dignity. If you want to learn more about how cybersecurity is more of a human dignity type issue, you can check out a piece that I wrote last week for Providence Magazine on cybersecurity. Next up is a story from Axios about how new federal centers have been announced for AI and quantum computing. The White House announced a pledge of $1 billion to further research into artificial intelligence and quantum science. This investment will fund 12 federal research centers, seven of which will be established by the National Science Foundation. These projects will focus on agriculture, forecasting prediction, and other similar types of areas. Both AI and quantum science are becoming increasingly important technology fields and are beginning to impact just about every area of our life. While these technological advances might seem futuristic, 
can cause some level of concern, it's also important to recognize the potential benefits that these technologies might bring from sustainability to national security. Technological advancement is one way that we as humans may fulfill this duty to cultivate the earth, and we need to be mindful of the ethical ways that we can use these innovations to love God and to love our neighbors. Well, from all of us here at Weekly Tech, I want to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app? These reviews really help us out to know how we're doing and also to share the word about Weekly Tech with other people. As a reminder, you can always check out the show notes for the stories we talk about here on Weekly Tech and your podcasting app. You can also get them directly in your inbox each week as part of the Weekly Tech newsletter that you can subscribe to at jasonthacker.com slash weekly tech. Thank you, and I hope you have a great week.